0: Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. This is it. This is the big episode everyone's been waiting for. Yeah. Season 4, episode 11, when they ditch the HTTP status codes Mm -hmm. and they just go with a random name. Exit. Exit. This is the first one in the season that was not a status code. Uh, Don't know what it means. It's it's a very different episode, I guess. Uh, It's not super different. We had that Alpha episode a couple of seasons ago. Sure. After having watched this episode, what do you think? So, I, you know, uh, I guess
1: I feel a lot of times when these shows, these big mystery box shows are are coming up to the conclusion, I get a little gripped up because, you know, I've invested a lot of years of my life Mm -hmm. uh, and i invested a lot of hours of my time making this podcast, researching stuff, responding to voicemails. So, I like to see the effort pay off and... When I was watching, like there is a point where I got completely engrossed in uh, the White Rose Elliot's uh, duel. <laughs> and I thought that was an amazing bit of writing and something to kind of like a statement from the show that I've kind of been waiting. like, what the fuck do you what is your What's your prescription for us as people, you know? I felt like I got that moment, and then it blew up and faded to red, and I'm like, shit, wow, that's a crazy episode. <laughs> Sam Esmail really fucking swung for the fences. I can't wait to see what's next. Nice. The episode's not over. <laughs> yeah, And then we got this watch. crazy off-the-wall, through-the-looking-glass, uh, you know, F Soci- Corp E Society mm-hmm. uh, episode, and I'm like, you know what? This might be a mess at the end of the day, but I respect the fact that he is appearing to just go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, every, it's still, with two episodes to go, like, you know, one big movie-long-length episode, mm-hmm. everything is still on the table. There's time travel there if you want it. There's alternate dimensions are there if you want it. There's mm-hmm. simulation theory if you want it. There's, it's all in his fucked up, like, you know, Snow <laughs> Russian nesting doll <laughs> mind of his. Like, yeah and i i i i, I kind of i really dig it and there's been so many easter eggs and stuff that people have pulled out of from like season one mm-hmm. that were hinting at like musical cues uh the fact that that there was a, a poster where the e logo was in rainbow just like this like there's so many things that 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 he seemingly has planted from the beginning that I'm excited to see what happens. I, uh, you know, it might not quite live up to our expectations, but I respect for the fact that this guy's going for something audacious. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think from the beginning, Sam Esmail has had the end in mind, which is always, in my opinion, going to make a better show. Uh, And he he said, I, I think he said as much about the last two episodes or one long episode being essentially the movie he wanted to create when he came up with the idea for the Mr. Robot concept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this Series has all been leading up to this the the, the last two episodes were gonna be that so Yeah, <laughs> I guess the question remains. What is? What is Sam S. Mill's storytelling style because I feel like this has not been the storytelling yet mm-hmm. Like we're still waiting for Sam S. Mill to unveil the storytelling mm-hmm. uh, That he's actually been doing or building to yeah and i it's weird to feel this sort of uh just lost at sea in a show this close to the end of it i don't think i've ever gotten this far into a show and been like i honestly have no idea which direction this is going to go right and there yeah. are three possibilities i couldn't pick one if i yeah. had to uh uh-huh. uh and and every single it's funny because you look on reddit and basically every comment ends with i guess we'll have to wait and see till next yeah, week yeah you know five more days until we know right and it's like yeah that's all you can do because i feel like every time somebody points out a fact that like pushes it in a direction somebody points out another fact and pushes it back the other way mm-hmm. and i don't know where that leaves me yeah it, it leaves me excited i guess for the end just to see what's gonna happen mm-hmm. no i think um
1: yeah it's 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 just really excited to it, it's exciting to be at this stage where it's because I can think of a lot of places where I've been with uh, shows where I didn't know where they're going this close to the end, but I was more of an impatient like I'm getting sick of this or. You know, I can't believe they're going in this direction. Um, But like, yeah, the fact that I'm
0: disengaged and it's been this long. And you you mentioned because I I normally know what style of show I'm watching. I know if it's a sci-fi. I know if it's a a, a, a psycho thriller. I know if it's what it is. This show, I don't know what it is yet. This is like
1: five minutes till the end of the Matrix and Neo just gets out of the goo vat. Like, what the? Right. And 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 I don't know if the goo vat is in his head or if it's real or if he's in a simulation. Like, uh-huh. can't trust this Morpheus guy. I, th- th- so Sam Asmell said at the end of season one that, like, at the end of the day, you'll properly understand all of season one to be the prologue of the story he actually wants to tell. Okay. And I remember, you know, I got podcasts to this effect. I'm like, okay, this seems like bullshit, but whatever, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. It now feels like the entire series has been a prologue to properly understand this 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 thing it's like the world's largest most elaborate rocket to Uh shoot the smallest payload into space you know (laughs) like this is elon musk shooting a tesla into space (laughs) yeah 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 it's like getting the saturn five and launching a shoebox Mm -hmm. into orbit um because there's just two hours of television but i don't think that that's unfair you know, like, uh-huh. um, and I, I'm trying to, it's, that's what's going to be really fascinating when we see this, these next two episodes this weekend, um, I'm going to be looking to see like, I wonder with another 15 minute, like prologue, like, or, or what you could do to make this into an actual movie event. I mean, I have no... Because I, like is that? It sounds
0: crazy that the yes. the
1: final thing's going to end up to, with a movie that he's had envisioned the entire time. This is like a this is like a Can giant sabo round to deliver this thing. Right? Like, Could I
0: even understand that movie without the context of four seasons of television? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? It's like like you know people
1: complained about like. Uh, um, uh, the the Dune movie that the, who's your least favorite? David director? Lynch. Yeah, yeah, David Lynch Dune movie. Oh. It's like God, you had to read like all the Dune books to understand the Dune movie. It's like yeah. get a load of this. Watch forty hours of television to be able to properly have the context. of To this be fair, hour. it takes forty hours to read Dune at least. <laughs> oh yeah, all of them, but, but certainly all of them. But it's but I I think there is. If you can do that well, it's just going to make that a hell of a movie. Yeah. Because the problem with the movies is they only have two hours to build an emotional yeah. connection to the characters and build the stakes. Like, we have emotional connection to Elliot and his crew out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. We've got stakes that are, like, you know, could be anywhere from, like, the fate of the world to the fractured identity of this person we care about. Yeah. Um, you know, lives are at stake. Uh, I just, like... When White Rose blew her brains out, I like yelped like I couldn't I'm like, I just couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> like, that's the most audacious thing. Like Darth Vader, like running his lightsaber through his chest uh, uh-huh. right before the, the Emperor fries Luke. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. How can this how how, how what, what a gutsy what a gutsy call
0: by Sam Aspanel. Yeah. To to do this to us and and like i said i'm still completely up in the air i i'm happy that i haven't come into this with a ton of expectations i yeah. do favor definitely that this is going to be a little more grounded than like some epic sci-fi yeah. twist at the end but honestly if it happens it happens i'm yeah. not i'm not super concerned with that as long as he can deliver an emotionally satisfying end yeah. to the story i think it'll be all worth it yeah i could. i mean i'm i feel bad for the people who are very much like no the, you you guys are all wrong this is absolutely how it's going to happen mm-hmm. and And getting very invested in how this thing ends.
1: Yeah, and And, that's one thing I've tried to avoid doing this entire season is to try to, like... uh, And I I think my coverage has been consistent. Like, I've tried to be very agnostic about how sci-fi this might get, how grounded and real this might be. Because, like, honestly, if this is some kind of, like, weird piece of psychotherapy, like, I'd almost... Almost be willing to accept that, like, it's all a dream because this show is weird enough that
0: I could see that. I mean, season four kind of set me up for a sort of, you know, mind bending. Uh, conclusion to this right yeah. like that kind of twist
1: yeah like if he wakes up and he's in krista's office and this has been some intensive psychotherapy or something and mm-hmm. his dad i i think that's that's a really interesting concept but but man i tell you what as far as the sci-fi thing the thing is is the sci-fi stuff can so neatly be explained by this is a nerdy young man who's had substance abuse problems and he's got mental illness and he's been emotionally sexually abused uh, physically abused. Uh, this is just his way of like coping. Like all these fantasies and his the the the, the things that he grew up in. He's incorporating into this 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 story. To tell himself to make sense of the world. Uh-huh. You know and there's a lot of hints of that. And We're, we're going to talk about this episode. I mean episode. him being in jail and thinking he's in his mother's house. Exactly. Is like one. it's almost like that part of season. Like it'd be a, incredible if that like got part of the season two That we hate is redeemed. Because it's essentially a hit that Sam Asmail took. To like teach
0: us a language that he's going to you know tell the finale in. Right. I was joking when I said this is the episode everyone has been waiting for. Because of the name. Mm. But this is the episode everyone's been waiting for. Tyrell's alive he is. If Angela's only alive. in some imagined alternate sci-fi universe, mm-hmm. Tyrell is alive. Are you happy? Are you happy fans He's who... He's home for
1: Christmas, if only in your
0: could dreams. Could not get their head around Camus writings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs>
1: death Howl was actually just a teleporter wine
0: opening to suck oh, him into... right. The new... He got
1: teleported into an alternate universe. I mean, as we will discuss, there is something to, like, death being a transition to the new world. Mm-hmm. Um... And there's some competitors sure. really interesting stuff around uh elliot's dad vis-a-vis that theory yeah yeah but, you know we're either gonna just all theory talk we're gonna have to get into the episode let's do it housekeeping this housekeeping is all about saying merry christmas and a happy new year first off merry christmas because we're right in the middle of our mary McAllister McLeanmas Two christmas harder celebrations Last week, of course, we took in Larry the Cable Guy's misguided sequel to the Arnold Schwarzenegger flop, Jingle All the Way 2. Again, much like Home Alone 2 before it, the video podcast on this one is a must-see and exclusive to club members. This week, it's Die Hard 2's turn for the treatment. Bruce Willis trades in his white wife beater for a cozy Christmas sweater as all hell breaks loose at Dallas International Airport. and in the immortal words of Ace News reporter Richard Thornburg's producer, Dick, this is nuts! We get a live watch, a podcast, and a video podcast dropping this Wednesday. Next week it's Christmas, and on Christmas Eve we'll drop one last gift podcast for our club members, a podcast for a beloved Christmas classic. I won't spoil the surprise, you're just going to have to wait for Santa. And we're also wrapping up a lot of things this week. Watchmen, put to bed. Mr. Robot, staying up past its bedtime with a double episode next weekend, which we'll cover after Christmas. Cecily and Alexis are wrapping up his dark materials the day after Christmas because what can I say? They just love you all that much. Jim and I will be watching a lot of Expanse over the breaks. we can come back and talk it up in the new year. Speaking of, our early lineup for 2020 looks like it's going to have a lot of Picard, the new Pope, and Better Call Saul in it. And of course, somewhere out there, Westworld Season 2 awaits with Aaron Paul. I'm excited, but before all that, we're taking a week or so off to celebrate with our friends and family. So in conclusion, have a very Merry Christmas, a very happy holidays, and a wonderful
0: new year. Uh, we go back to the night of the hack with the FBI. Well, <laughs> which hack? The the hack that finally takes down the dance right. group and transfers all their money to the people. Uh, with the FBI raiding White, house, uh, White Rose's house, her goons win the battle, and she's escorted out by them. We kind of don't see much here. Um, it, although it is carnage in her house. I it's I, very scarface. FBI agent
1: didn't follow bald move rule number two. Play dead. Like I get it. You're in a lot of pain. You got a sucking chest wound. But mm-hmm. you know what sucks worse than a chest wound? A shot to the fucking head. Yeah, Dom's living proof. You, you gotta can survive that, the chest yeah, wound. Yeah, you gotta keep that wheeze to yourself, man. Right. Uh, you know, th- I, I did think it's funny that White Rose gives this because I th- first thought I'm like, oh, she's actually saying something. Like, a warning that the FBI would take, like, that he's, de- or, you know, this guy's dead or whatever. But no, she's just, no. she's just flexing on life in general, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, she's talking to us,
0: the audience. Yeah, I was just looking, like, how many
1: of her own dudes are dead? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of dudes that got
0: killed in this whole raid, and. The, the people in masks are her dudes. The people without masks are the yeah. FBI. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's. It just
1: goes into like how fanatical that her mm-hmm. her believers are. And, yeah,
0: we asked the question like, were the FBI ready? Were did they know what they were walking into here? Yeah, and they, they clearly were clearly fucking up ready for. Fun. They looked like a Counter Strike unit, but they still didn't know what still they were. Got their for. Waxed. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, they didn't know it was going to be that that crazy and fanatical. Um, right, and yeah, like most, like a lot of these movies and television shows, I always think like. You know, like when I'm playing the Uncharted games, I'm like, man, after a 500th dude in tactical gear that I've killed, that's working for this millionaire, like, when did they, like, you know what? I've looked at the compensation, the 401k <laughs> plans, and yeah, this fucking Drake guy's crazy. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mm. shot him with a grenade launcher. He hid behind the crate for five seconds. <laughs> he came back and killed my partner. Like, I'm getting the fuck yeah. out of here. I mean, at least in this, it's like they are believers in her project that grants
0: some form of heavenly life sure and she if believes you can convince, it too it seems like yeah if you can convince people that their their death is either meaningful or not actually a true death yeah what you can what convince you get them to, to do? do a lot yeah 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 uh that tracks and then we go back to elliot hugging darlene at the the motel as they part ways and Elliot thanks Darlene for never giving giving up on him, even through all the shit he's been through. Uh, yeah, interesting that they
1: show us that perspective that we didn't get from, mm-hmm. um, you know, they cut before and we kind of saw them wide angle as we focused
0: on Dom. Yeah, and it really leads into the discussion he has with White Rose later, right? Yeah. Letting us know that he values the this the stick-to-Elliot mentality that Darlene's shown throughout mm-hmm. this whole ordeal. Yeah, the unconditional love. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Robot tells Elliot that he shouldn't go after White Rose's machine. They need to leave. Uh, Elliot's already written this malware to take down the machine and he's hell-bent on destroying White Rose and Mr. Robot says, look, this is an endless war. We need to move on. But uh, Elliot sees his family looking on and he tells Mr. Robot to go with him so he can do this one on his own. There's a couple
1: things here, like because we've we've talked about, as much as I like this season, some of the tech details have been sloppy. Uh-huh. I d- can't imagine a hack that you could do to a nuclear facility that would take decades to
0: to recode,
1: re- recode reprogram. Even if you like did yeah. something physical, like wrecked centrifuges or whatnot, it's still it's like
0: decades. I don't know. So I think what he's doing here, uh, if I if I saw the hack correctly, I didn't go back and look at this. I just uh-huh. caught it on first viewing. Uh, but I think he's doing effectively the same thing he did on five nine, which is encrypting all their code mm-hmm. and then just storing it somewhere right like yeah so that they they can have access to it which means they have to recode the entire project from scratch likely hmm. uh you know in as much as as they couldn't just pull up the records of the five nine stuff that, that's at least what i got he, he did a lot of unzipping uh up of stuff and encrypting and packaging and all that stuff well I mean that's the whole thing because like, when they did the
1: 5 9 hack the first thought is well they'll restore from backup yeah. and then season and 2 is like oh shit they can restore out. from backup you got to take out the backup mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't know like if this is uh, so like it's weird like Elliot did the 5 9 hack and then realized the folly of the 5 9 hack and <laughs> had to do it over again so like in the same world we see him essentially outline the exact same strategy would have the exact same flaw but I guess maybe mm-hmm. that plays into Mr. Robot's part There'll yeah. always be a mission. There'll always be an unforeseen circumstance. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, he's definitely telling him that here. Yeah, it just uh, it's just like new enemy. It's
1: one of those things. Was like I just don't understand the hack well enough and the technology. It's just it, that that seemed
0: that seemed a little Pollyanna to me. Yeah. Uh, so then, Elliot takes the bus to Washington Township and he sees several white vehicles racing away from the power plant. And this whole place has been hastily and messily abandoned. It appears. Uh, he searches a place. He's, he's not seeing anybody there. Uh, he's looking for a terminal to jack into, and then he finds one. He runs the malware. He's one. Everything is great, except he sees a body, and the cops show up, and, oh, yeah, the Dark Army's there, too.
1: Great musical choice throughout these episode, this episode. Yeah. Uh, Heroes season... and the Villains by the Beach Boys. Um, first time I heard that song Me too. W- was... Well, no. I said the first oh. time I heard the song was uh, "Fantastic Mr. Fox." It's a Wes Anderson. Play. Oh,
0: really? It's in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, okay. And I thought it it it's it's a cool song as it changes like tempo and stuff at various mm-hmm. times and slows down, and kind of is a little melancholy. And they play with that as you know they kind of narrate and you know, they make a meal of his transition from wherever they are in Connecticut to Washington Township uh, power plant. But so this is the first. This is the first evidence that we're being fucked with. The Elliot shows up to this thing. He sees people hightailing it out, mm-hmm. but he goes and looks at a guard shack where it's been ransacked, but there's no bodies. He goes in the lobby and everything's been torn up and you know tossed, but there's no bodies. And he just kind of blissfully goes, almost with a sm- like a, a weird kind of smile on his face with the hack. As Mm -hmm. soon as it completes, then he sees bodies, and as we parade him through the facility to the White Rose interrogation, there's bodies everywhere. Yeah.
0: What happened? So let me throw uh, another wrinkle onto this. Okay. White Rose says later in this episode that the machine was already on at this point. Yes. Before he ran the malware, the machine was on. Yeah. She she did the Ozymandias thing. Here's here's <laughs> the explanation that I guess, okay, one of the explanations, and I'm not sure where I fall on this, because uh-huh. I don't know where I fall on the vast majority of this episode. Uh, one of the explanations is that this is sort of a Mr. Robot-esque state that he's in, um, trying to essentially protect his mission, and if he saw all these bodies, and if he saw the carnage here, he might be scared off it.
1: Yeah, because he's, he's... And so,
0: so his you're, mind you're saying... is not showing him the bodies that are there.
1: So... Who who did that shielding? Was it the Mr. Robot that was supposed Perhaps. to sit it out? Or was it the third? Because I, I, I saw speculated that like the third persona, the mysterious persona, the one that like hmm. takes Vera in stride, is the one who, you know, kind of shielded because they, they knew that Elliot that Mr. Robot wouldn't be able to go through with the the, hmm. the waiting through the carnage he'd have to, to get to that that goal. And like I was even like in the first time I was watching I'm like, Where are the fucking cops? Yeah. Like, there's this, like... And I thought it was weird that there's no bodies because it seemed like there should be. But I'm like, well, oh, fuck, I don't know how many people work in a power plant. Maybe it's, like, 12 or 13 people, and we just haven't yeah. seen them yet. But, like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I saw that something was wrong, and then, you know, as soon as he installs the mal- malware, is the, the cops show up and all uh, hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that they're also suggesting that we're already in some sort of simulated state, and this is kind of like when... Yeah. You know how shit in the Matrix happens weird where like you're supposed to understand that the pill Neo takes is actually a tracing program. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's some very
0: matrixy stuff going on here too.
1: Yeah, which... like the code that he the malware to disrupt the machine might have done something to the actual simulation he's running on, if you want to go with that right. theory and that's what's causing the the chaos and upheaval.
0: I saw that theory. I'm I'm less I'm less on board with the simulation stuff, yeah, um, because that to me does not seem like a true different world, like a parallel universe, which is what White Rose calls it. Mm-hmm. But so, White Rose is not above lying to people. Like, yeah. if she's a, she can shoot herself in a simulation just so. But to what end? Like, because this is her project and she wants her lover back. She doesn't want a simulation to fool her into thinking that she's Unless got her she believes back. That
1: simulation is the real thing. I mean she's also kinda crazy. But I so yeah, that the thing that, is I guess that d- feels diluted, like you're certainly it feels it feels like you're advocating the position, um, which you may or may not be that a parallel reality that you can jump through with a
0: machine is l- more probable than a simulation. Given the nature of the machine that we've seen, right? It's, it's mm. a particle accelerator of some kind. What does a particle accelerator get you for a simulation? I don't really Unless know how it gets you to another
1: dimension either, but... Is it just like in, in a random sci-fi sense of like, hey, we're right. fantastic energies? And... If you want to
0: connect the dots with a very large hadron collider of, okay. of some kind and black okay. holes and extra dimensions and uh, I see. alternate universes, there's there's more connective tissue okay. there right. than there yeah. is to I like... I think you've won me over. I think okay. you've won me over. Unless it's quantum computer, you know? I see? And then, <laughs> I know, man. That's why, that's why you can't really...
1: Uh, now you talk me right down. back out. Uh, simulation theory for life Uh, no i don't i I don't like i i really am agnostic i'm just pointing out like possible explanations and weird shit that we're supposed to notice um we're talking about we we can talk about his slow you know very cool walk through the facility with the fan favorite uh uh uh, what what are we calling him? Like Intel clean room
0: guy with the Oh hamburger fetish? Guy. hamburger guy. Yeah. Is what is what I think he's officially called in the credits. Ah, hamburger guy. Uh yeah. if a hamburger guy got a line. I used to call him sandwich
1: guy. Sandwich guy. But I guess hamburger guy is it. Hamburger guy. I can I can rock with hamburger guy uh uh yeah we're about to get to that you want to they go they go I just want to talk about the corridor that leads up to the room Mm -hmm. and they had all these portraits of people that have different colored tape on them did you see the theory about the colors and the dimensions
0: uh not exactly but I can tell you who those people are and and what they did they're theoretical physicists right yeah so the first one who's covered in red is Hugh Everett he's a mini world he's a quantum physicist who kind of had a Created the many worlds interpretation of the mm-hmm. multiverse mm-hmm. Um, or quantum physics in general. Uh, then there's Brian Green, who's covered in black. Uh, he's a theoretical physicist, a string theorist, and author of a book on, on uh, several books on multiverses. Mm-hmm. There's Eugene Wigner, who is white, and he is a theoretical physicist who worked on the Manhattan Project. And at the very end, there's Schrodinger, who is covered in black, and I think you know who that is. Yeah um he's the guy who uh you
1: know has the famous the schrodinger's cat theorem yeah he was to, a crazy cat to, man. yeah to describe quantum quantum states yeah um so the one of the theories goes is that the the colors that are blacking out these these gentlemen's faces correspond to different dimensions okay and like, who is alive and well in which dimension? Like, and the the, the so way that theory works overall out is dimensions? so we opened up the series against a black background with Elliot uh, monologuing about welcoming us as friends and what to do with us, et cetera, et cetera. And so the entirety of uh, Mister Robot thus far has taken place in the black dimension, which is like the worst possible timeline, the most dystopic timeline. Hmm. And that we just switched midway through this episode to the red dimension. Yeah. That is the, I guess, uh, white rose ascendant dimension or the utopian dimension, and then there's uh, potentially like a white dimension, um, and there's a potential like I, I think blue is another color. Um, oh, and was it?
0: Not, nah, not, maybe not. Not. On, not on these, but there are black, other white, and portraits. red for sure. Um, yeah, and then there, which would tie in nicely with a third altar. Yeah. So I
1: don't think that's very persuasive because it doesn't have a lot of predictive power it's it's kind of like something a game angel was playing like which people like like something she was trying to figure out in her apartment like which people which timelines can I choose to bring the most people back or something like she's color cor- you know, sorting through it but I, the reason I don't like it is because it doesn't have any predictive power at all. Yeah. Like there's nothing like that's That's something that tells you something, uh, you know, like, but but what is, how do you test a theory? You have to make a prediction and see if it holds up. And I don't see what the predictive power of
0: that it's is. It's more of a hindsight thing. Like yeah. once we know, once we see the next episode. Yeah. It might, it, yeah. We it might, might be, be able to go back and say, okay, this is clear now. It might be interesting hindsight kind of thing, but it doesn't
1: seem like it's, it's helping us figure out anything.
0: Yeah. Um, And I did, I went back and I did a lot of looking at like Angela's interview scene Mm -hmm. um, because we're about to get to an interview scene here with Elliot and the similarities and the differences. Mm -hmm. And one of those similarities is as they walk her down the hall to the room where she's interviewed in this random suburban home, all all the people's faces are, are colored in black, red and white. Yeah. So it's, it's not just, I think you sort of have to throw out the scientist Part of this, like it doesn't mm. have anything to do with these people being theoretical physicists or just people's faces. multiverse theorists. It's just, yeah, like the key here is the faces are covered in colors, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to unlock that door.
1: Uh, anything before you completely move on to the interrogation or the psychology quiz or the choice? Uh, what did you make of the 1950s style billboard?
0: I didn't really look into those.
1: I don't, there wasn't much like commentary on it. It's just a weird thing that I think you're supposed to notice. It's like, uh, Mm -hmm. like almost a back to the future era, like 1955. Look at our power plant. It's going to be the power of the future. Mm -hmm. And, but it looks pristine. Like it was just installed the other day. So it's like, is this the Washington township power plant being retro with their marketing? Or is this another kind of like time fuckery type of thing that we're supposed to, Mm -hmm. I don't know. The machine was already
0: on. The machine is already on. It's been running for four seasons, That'll yeah stop it it might have been, who knows, uh, okay, yeah, so hamburger guy takes l h c white Rose and they have a conversation here where Elliot says this brainwashing shit's not gonna work, White Rose says it's not brainwashing shit, it's uh, about coming to an understanding, and it's gonna totally work, and just give me ten minutes <laughs> yeah and and they do come to an understanding during the scene of each other, mm. I think mm-hmm. um you know, they argue about their motivations uh white Rose when Elliot uh, accuses her of hating people White Rose laughs in his face and says no you're the one who hates society look at the look at the name of your group Uh, Elliot admits yes that's true I did and now he's coming around on it Um, and she she kind of seems I I don't know like dislodged by his argument a bit Hmm. like by by the passion with which he sort of delivers which if you can call that passion from Elliot uh oh i think so he like when he that. corked that
1: like that fuck you his eyes widened yeah. so briefly that i thought they would exceed the already impressive structural integrity of his eye sockets i think like like, <laughs> yeah, like oh my right. god he was within one millimeter of this him shooting the fuck out of his skull uh-huh. but it's like whew, maybe yeah it was a... incredible performances by both of them
0: oh th- this scene is amazing
1: uh and i kind of want to just Like BD Wong, the like the things that he's doing are very hard, like vocally, um, just body language wise, Mm -hmm. uh, because he's trying to sell a very smart and I think sympathetic. Like what White Rose is trying to do is what I've been saying for like this whole season. Like, I'm not sure that when we hear her plan, we're not we can't step back and be like, oh. All right, that actually yeah. sounds like a pretty good plan. It's just the way you're going about it is horrific.
0: Still a sympathetic villain. A sympathetic villain yeah. in the same way <laughs> like Magneto. Like hero. as a
1: non-mutant, I can see Magneto's point. I still don't right. want him to enslave me as a as a as non-mutant. But exactly, uh, you know, he's had a pretty put-upon life, and he's had a lot of unfortunate historical uh, events happen to him. So. Yeah. I I I thought it was incredible. Um, the vocal work that he does, mm-hmm. like you know, the way he distinguishes the white rose from the zhe- Zhang, is incredible, and it continues to be so. And the rapid fire, whiplash run of emotion that he has to do is. Yeah. Is as incredible as anything that Joaquin Phoenix did in Joker, and you know he's getting tons of praise for that. And like, there's a couple things I thought were just chilling, like when she goes, you know, don't make me laugh. The second time she uh, says, don't make me laugh, and um, throws in f society in his face. The or when she goes from um, it's it's the point where she goes from. don't make me laugh to on the contrary my people uh, my love for people drives me she goes from like unhinged kind of joker to like all business and deadly serious and like oh, yeah. a heartbeat and it's it's fucking amazing i mean this
0: this scene is an exercise in like uh stillness and chaos in calm and and ferocity right like mm-hmm. the the balance of power here switches back and forth multiple times in this scene yeah um and 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 elliot who i'm not used to in the presence of white rose seeming like the anchor the rock Mm -hmm. of a scene here very much feels like it yeah until we get to the end where white rose sort of attempts to whether she's successful or not i don't know take that power back uh and and show him what she's been trying to show him all along what she showed angela Mm mm-hmm I love the dynamics in this scene. It's incredible.
1: And I thought that there's a point in the middle of White Rose's argument where she's like, you know, we're told constantly by our leaders, by our scientists, by religious authorities, that our world is crumbling around us and it's our fault. We're to blame. Yeah. And we are filled with so much self-hatred that hating yourself is no longer considered like a weird trait, but like a given. Mm-hmm. And when I look at like, especially like young people in line and how like the, 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 the black humor that they engage in the, like the joking about suicide and depression, it reminds me of like fifties and sixties area, like Soviet block humor, <laughs> you know, like when things okay. are like, you are so fucking down in the hole and it's in, it's, it's in, in it's inconceivable to see your lot in life materially changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just like I thought it's like, God, that's an astute point, because I certainly believe that psychologically, like self-hatred is bad. Yeah. And yet, like, we're just bombarded with images and things about how we're fucking things up. And they're, it's, it's unfortunate yeah. that they're very difficult to hear. Um, and they're all very true. And I don't think we, as people, are designed to deal with like the weight of seven billion
0: people and the whole planet like resting on our
1: shoulders. Yeah, that's that's way above the pay grade of a monkey.
0: We we have multiplied faster than our society has evolved, Mm. essentially. Yeah, yeah. And we're desperately trying to catch up. Yeah, there's this.
1: Just wasn't as a famous like either physicist or science fiction writer quote of like our our technological progress has exceeded our moral and ethical progress probably like i feel like our social technology is definitely kind of lagged lagged further behind but yeah I, I thought that was a great and then uh elliot um you know you're like wow pff, strong case against uh humanity <laughs> there let's hear it for the 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 defense and uh i thought elliot rose to the occasion uh talking Look, but, about the healing power of love and how yeah yeah i mean we're all fucked up but we also try and you know, that's gonna happen no matter what. And we're
0: yes, you're right, we're told we don't stand a chance, but still we stand. Right. I mean, and and neither of them are wrong in this scene. It's just how do they approach the the, the solution yeah. to this problem. And I think Elliot <laughs> Elliot has taken White Rose's route before, you know, make refashion the world in in a way that you think is gonna be more pleasant for you and the people around you. Uh and he's seen the folly of that. Yeah. You mentioned something
1: about her being emotionally set back. Um, I think it's like what she says is that I thought she thought that they were on the same side. Yeah. That when Elliot... That like, he would
0: just understand this intuitively.
1: Yeah, that like, I don't... This this is as soon as I explain it from my point of view, you're going to be like, oh, God, of course. Mm-hmm. And she was genuinely disappointed that uh, that wasn't the case. Now, but it's weird because like, is that also part of the brainwashing?
0: It's a fair question because there's a lot of shit that goes on in Angela's... uh, Yeah. Do you want to talk about like... Because like Angela
1: reached a point where she's like, no, fuck this. I'm not Uh going to go along with it. And they threatened to beat the little girl
0: to get her to comply with the interview. Right. And then they had to come in and say, well, that's all... That was all a sham. That was all manipulation Uh to get you to just... Cooperate with the interview so we could tell whether you're a candidate or not. Right. So what is White Rose doing to Elliot to get him to cooperate with her little test? Right. Like, is this whole meltdown? It could very uh, well be part of it. Like, you look at Angela's in- interrogation interview, let's call it, uh, and she's got the ticking clock, right, of this fish tank leaking. And you know what's a bigger, badder ticking clock is a nuclear meltdown <laughs> about to happen, right? And you think the only way to save it is to play this game what do you think what do you make about her
1: saying the reason I wanted to move my project is because the proximity here is limited mm-hmm. I took it to whatever she's trying to do in the Congo would potentially affect the entire world what she's doing here at Washington township is going to affect a radius of a few maybe a hundred miles or so yeah um
0: I don't know the exact radius I think you're just
1: yeah, it's, guessing, just, it's just but more like, local in scale. Not the whole but world. But she's like tired of waiting. She's going to try to save the whole world. But fuck yeah. it, she'll go with what she's got. She'll she'll
0: take ever. But I don't know how the fuck does that work. So one person's paradise is another person's hell. True. How do you? So you can't put everybody into a single parallel universe that would be good for everyone. Right.
1: That's what the that's what the robots learn in the Matrix. Our human primitive human <laughs> minds rejects paradise. So sure, sure. Yeah.
0: So. If that's true, which I think it is, then how do you. You have to put everyone into their own parallel paradise universe, right? Yeah, I don't know. Do you think it's actually impossible to create
1: a utopia that, like, I I get that not everybody will accept it because you're always going to have, like, the truly deranged, like, messed up in the head Jeffrey Dahmer types? Mm -hmm. Maybe less of them if you have a utopia, but, like, I, I. I don't know. I feel like you could you could create a utopia where 95% of the people would accept and be cool with. Like, it's all about resources and, and having enough of them and distributing them. Is it them. because beliefs come
0: into that, too? And I think, like, when we're talking about Mr. Robot... Yeah, but here's the thing I noticed about... Like, okay, let's try and construct a utopia that will satisfy everyone right. at the end of this show. I, I'm going to suggest something. It can't be done. Um what if everyone's standard
1: of living minimum standard of living was about 70 to 80,000 US dollars a year because that's mm-hmm. about where consistently studies show that beyond that much money making per individual you don't get and you don't get a commiserate increase in happiness like that's mm-hmm. what it takes to essentially be secure amongst yourself and make sure you have access to healthcare a decent education housing uh for most you know not every place like that's not going to do you in San Francisco or Manhattan but it'd do you really good in the Midwest and a lot of the South and a lot of rural places what if everyone in the planet had that kind of like yeah. who says no to that uh, the people who want more would say no to that so I'm just saying like so would that get like 99% of the world's population and you just spin off the 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 Bill Gateses and the Bezoses off into their own
0: instance where they can play cutthroat <laughs> billionaire with oh, each God. other uh sure. Sure. It's weird though because I guess the limit the limitation here is who are you trying to to help? Because if you're spinning people off into parallel universes where their fantasies come true but everyone mm-hmm. else suffers, then and and at the same time you're spinning you're spinning other people off into one where everyone's happy except for the 1% who desperately want more and can't get it. Mhm. You're setting up two two universes here that help the people in your universe prime, let's call it, right? Mm-hmm. But you're making the a good portion of people in those other two universes you've created miserable. So aren't you just compounding the problem by creating more universes in which more people are miserable?
1: I don't know. I, I just thought it was an interesting question because, like, I... I feel like a lot of people just accept the matrix thesis that humans won't accept a perfect life as mm. as like, well, of course we won't because, you know, we're fucked up. Why would we? But I'm like, I don't know. Because, like, there's a lot of research that says there is, like, once once you start meeting people's, like, basic needs, like, a lot of the, like, for truly fanaticism, like, people that are, like, you make a person comfortable, they're a lot less likely to strap on a vest to blow themselves up or yeah. shoot up a clinic or... Sure. You know, uh, make some kind of political stance with a gun, um, and and I just I don't know. It's like if, if there's a way that you could organize society to guarantee everyone had that, uh, and it's, it's kind and of pay for in. it. Of course, that would be that would right. be a way to go. If it's, I was creating a simulation, maybe that's where I'd start.
0: And I mean, it's it's tied in with the stuff that Elliot says, or you know, whoever the fuck this Happy Elliot is. Yeah, in, well, this in, is the thing the, you said something He like, like, says it like it's both the worst thing right. and the best thing about my life is that I'm in this boring routine.
1: Yeah cuz he also said something about like people's fantasies coming true and it's like I is white rose promising people's fantasies or like, is she's like, cause her fantasy is that she gets to be the person she wants to be mm. and love the person she wants to love. I don't think that's a fantasy. That seems like a very an imminently reasonable request that sure, sure. would be super easy to fulfill. If people would just let it happen, like all that needs to happen in society is for people to
0: allow that to happen. And she gets her dream. I guess I'm, I'm using fantasies there when I shouldn't be probably desires is more. Well, but
1: you no, know, what I'm saying apt. is like, yeah, cause like, there again, like if everyone is comfortable and no one had to scrap for an existence, would people care a lot less about people breaking the rules and you know bucking the system and fucking things up for everybody if everybody was just getting along? I don't know, sure, but how long does that last? like mean, how long does the Kumbaya moment last as long as people keep getting paid? <laughs> Does it? I mean, yeah, like I yeah, I, I kinda do think if people's bellies are full and they had a roof over their heads and they had some entertainment and uh community options that they found fulfilling, that that's gonna that, that they care a lot of the world's problem. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe people need more, maybe there needs to be more striving and but like I don't know why that can't be in terms of knowledge and craftsmanship and relationships with other people, but
0: I guess like okay, let's assume all that is true. Uh huh how do you how do you find that parallel universe how do you i think she's constructing narrow it down it. how do you like do you use that's what things like this parallel
1: universe seems cuckoo to me like mm-hmm. it, it's like i don't know which one is more plausible the simulation or because you're right like i guess my idea is that she was creating something like she's creating a perfect world and it's mm-hmm. not perfect in the sense that like it's ca- tailored to everyone it's 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 perfect no in the sense that these companies seem like they actually take the public trust seriously yeah. and they take things like customers satisfaction and safety seriously. And they're not trying to just make a buck. And, and like Tyrell's I, I, I interpreted his unease as like, we've got something fragile and special here. And all it would take is like one person to be greedy and fuck it up. And how do you guarantee that no one's going to do that? Um, and maybe that's the, the, like the whole thing is like a humanity eventually reverts to the mean. I mean, that's yeah. Like how, how do you preserve that? kumbaya
0: moment. That's, well, yeah how I do you keep people there? from like,
1: taking over and like taking more than their fair share yeah. and then you, you got the whole problem i don't know yeah the people who desire more are going to strive toward that. every other week on three right turns on the swizzbolt <laughs> network i consider these questions right <laughs> i promise i wasn't a, a stealth ad but
0: hey, okay here we are uh, let's get let's get back to the scene uh so unable to convince elliot that she's correct she has to show him mm-hmm. uh and in order to do this she pulls out a gun and shoots herself in the head and then the meltdown starts. Uh Elliot has to play this game in the computer room. Uh uh-huh. he runs out of time. Sort of, I don't know. He he solves the problem, but then the reactor goes off anyway and Elliot and Mr. Robot both die mm-hmm. in a fade to red. I'm man, if I'm same as Mail. Okay. Let me ask you what you think about this. And I don't know that I have a great answer to this question. Okay. Do you think that a show that deals with such sensitive and extraordinarily heavy topics as, as abuse and fragile mental states should depict a suicide that can, that can cure all your ills.
1: Because uh, if I'm Sam
0: Esmail, I'm very nervous about this fucking scene. We, yeah, especially
1: since and that they we, did we not had, put a warning on this one. You're right, nor any like help, because I, um, hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess in universe, it wasn't depicted as a suicide, though. It was depicted as some kind of transition, but that's the problematic That's the the scary part, part,
0: yeah, to me, is... Is people might buy into this idea who are in fragile mental states and and try to join her there. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. I would have at least put a warning on this because he's done it before. He clearly is. Sure, like of this I stuff. was just thinking, what happened to
1: Olivia? That was an attempted suicide, and is like you know, hey, yeah. they had the warning and the the number you
0: can call for help and everything. Yeah, it's a interesting point. Uh, probably not the point that they're trying to get at here. No, but I think There's it's valid. probably a lot a lot more to talk about. Uh, so this room, can we just talk about the similarities and differences between Angela's setup? Mm-hmm. Um, so the similarities, it's extremely similar. Um, they both have fish tanks. They both have a, a meaningful book on the table. They both have an old computer, which appears to be the computer they had as a child. Um, th- they're both visually had, similar had with motivational blocky light posters. Sources.
1: Uh, Angela had to hang in there and Elliot's yeah, the got when life
0: closes a door, open a window or a window opens. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, they both have this very dark... Uh, actually, it's a black room in both mm-hmm. instances. And then there's a phone on the table for both of them. And a phone is something that could be identical. I don't, I don't see any reason to not make a phone identical unless you're trying to make a point. Angela's phone is red. Mm-hmm. Elliot's phone is blue. It's and that what, got me thinking... What color Matrix. dimensions are going to, man? It got me thinking, yeah, like blue pill, red pill, Matrix, ah. like uh, d- harsh... Truth versus Angela, comforting illusion. Angela
1: accepted the red pill, and
0: Elliot took the blue one. Is what you're going for, right? Yeah, but it almost seems to be the like like Angela came away from that with some sort of comforting, like blue pill type of numbness, right? True. Not a harsh reality of of understanding the truth of the world. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know where to go with that. I just noticed like with all of the other Matrix illusions. That we've seen in this series, that seems to be yet another one. Well, the crazy thing is that we've got
1: another Elliot running around in the ensuing episode, and right. Angela was such a fundamentally different person in mm-hmm. seasons like three through you know the beginning of four that I think you 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 have to question whether she got displaced at some point in that 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 experience with White Rose, and mm-hmm. she it turned her into a different person. In the same way that Tyrell is like more Elliot-like in this this uh, F dimension.
0: Yeah, it seems like she might have gone through some experience that Elliot is going through. Yeah, uh, it's something also this like is another one-off it. thing, right? Like,
1: the dates were one-off and the, w- the, the 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 dimension that we, are the existence that we are familiar with, and now mm-hmm. there's one letter off. It's not E Corp, it's F Corp. Um,
0: yeah, and, and Elliot, when when we talk about, you know, the, the fade to red, uh, happy Elliot mm-hmm. stuff here in a second... He he comes back on five nine, the day of the hack. Nope. The day that he has time missing and here he is the door he, code he shows five, up nine. at the end of that. Right. The door code is five nine. There's yeah. clearly a lot of connective tissue, but fuck me if I can figure out what it is, or if the internet at large can even figure this out, you know? Yeah, no. I mean it seems clear that like
1: if I mean it seems clear to me, or it makes sense to me, that if he had left the game at the state of him leaving the friend, that mm-hmm. it would have gone Nuclear I and mean, then he'd woken up back at a true reboot of the series. Okay. Very much like a Zion reboot right. kind of thing. Yeah. And and since he chose the empathetic solution, he's now in the the F world where everything's friendly, the where White Rose is free to be the person she wants to be. She's now a billionaire philanthropist. Ecorp is a beloved company that is seen mm-hmm. as a source of stability and prosperity by almost everyone and has the public trust. Um, it seems like our world only, um, the world works like we are taught like it does in sixth grade. Like when you take a civics and econ and, and, uh, the classes and they teach you like all the checks and balances and how they work properly. And it's a fucking yeah. delicate framework and how how so, you know, you how buy genius. low, you sell high and, yeah. you know, you have the cost of this and the cost of that. And then you get in the real world and it's like all just, f- you know, fucked up. And yeah. Um, well, buy. I can't fucking buy. I don't have any money. Yeah, <laughs> how am exactly. I gonna buy? Yeah, yeah. you got. They got. Yeah, not pit, pot the piss in, let alone to buy anything. Yeah. So uh, that seems like what they're going for. But then, and also that that's it's satisfying from like an Alderson loop. You know that he's stuck in this loop, and how do you mm-hmm. get out of? So I guess the question is. The, so an Alderson loop is something where you you put the machine in a state that it can't get itself out of with its present state of code. Mm-hmm. You know. So like did Elliot finding out what his father potentially did to him is that going to be a big enough change that he is going mm-hmm. to re- like so so what's the end game here are we going to reboot again or is some some new information
0: going to be passed on that's going to get him out of the loop I mean, if I'm thinking of this in terms of, okay, next two episodes are basically a movie. Mm-hmm. What do you need to do in a movie? You need to kind of establish the scenario here. Yeah. And I could think you you could do that in sort of an Edge of Tomorrow kind of way, Groundhog Day kind of way, mm-hmm. right? Where you're running through a loop over and over and you run through it faster and faster. And and we've run through it already once, so we mm-hmm. would understand immediately, oh, this is a loop. Yeah. And then I've, I've seen theories that, like, w- when you look at what Elliot says about... um like thanking Darlene for being there for him uh, throughout all this shit, uh, saying, you know, the conclusion he comes to about someone being able to love him is mm-hmm. like a this this thing that he couldn't do for himself. You sort of get the impression that maybe Darlene is, has more to do with this and the fact that she doesn't get on that plane and she could maybe track him through his phone still or something like that and, and come help him. Whether it's in this reality or in an alternate loop she or in an even alternate exist reality in the new reality, right? But in some realities, she does, mm. and and I don't think Elliot is going to stay because Angela doesn't stay in whatever White Rose showed her either, right? She comes back to the Elliot reality that we are in. Well, maybe that's
1: the Elliot that maybe that's the Angela from the virtuous reality that uh-huh. rejected it and came back to ours. Okay. I see what you're saying. That, uh, that could be, essentially say the same thing. I, I'm not thinking. This sort of, I, I mean, I guess yeah. I'm not a this a sort of perspective that comes loop. I'm thinking this is like the first iteration of a loop, and that's, you
0: know. Yeah, I mean, foolish. if if Elliot continues through a loop, and we sort of see an edge of tomorrow away, and mm-hmm. then we can sort of understand how he can break out of that. Yeah, given what we know about his character and the changes he's gone through.
1: It, it seems clear to me like the the last 20 minutes of this episode, everything from the fade to red, could be an easy cold open for a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like this guy, he's just living, he's got this weird, you know, this earthquake. That's weird in New York. He's got headaches. And then, you know, it's like, oh, his fellow wallet goes missing and his cell phone, his dad's cell phone goes missing. Maybe someone's trying to steal his identity. And you mm-hmm. find out it's him from another dimension. Like, that's the end of Act One. Yeah. And then... I I, so I I'm 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 guessing that the next I bet that's because I could see going in and watching a movie like that right now Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't have to have all these questions and
0: stuff it's so that's what I think is happening I think there's something to the idea that also Elliot is looping through this game a couple times like Mm -hmm. he he plays the game he plays it White Rose's way Mm -hmm. and he escapes on the boat leaving Mm -hmm. his friend behind and then he goes back through and says, no, 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 that's not where I'm at here. I want to go back and I want to save my friend or or not even save my friend. I want to stay with my friend as the world burns, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't exit. And in an episode called Exit, I have to think that's hinting at something. Yeah, no, you're with, right. With a loop type of scenario. That's Just what? You know, I don't know. And is this a mental loop? Is this a physical loop? Sure. Is this a simulated loop? those every theory is still very much on the table whether you buy into the loop theory or not well here's the other
1: thing the loop theory that i think is the, the that really kind of had my jaw dropping as someone pointed out that in season one episode one the root kit that darlene made when elliot re- uh, read the readme text file it says leave me here <laughs> and now, fuck you, Sam! Right, <laughs> fuck you, Sam! And 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 him, because uh, he I, he I, had oh, c- completely man. forgot that his whole role in that, and he just trusted his F Society thing, which started Five Nine Hack. Yeah. Now he went through and played this game and chose to don't leave me here. And he is living this like upgraded Elliot life where five you know five nine isn't even needed. Every time that means something. That every means time
0: something. someone says "fuck you," Sam, uh-huh. an angel on smailcorp. dot com gets its fucking wings. <laughs> yep. Every time Smail's loving this. Yep. Yeah. No,
1: it's like that. That that when I saw that like uh, some of his screenshot from the rootkit that said "leave me here,"
0: I'm like, son of a fucking bitch. That's crazy. <laughs> there, there was also some some corp stuff around that too. Did you see the like? in season 1 episode 1 there's a a poster on the side of uh-huh. a train yep. that has the E-Corp logo in F-Corp colors.
1: Yep. And it also has uh, a poster that says something about heroes and villains uh-huh. and
0: e- evil always wins. Man. Yeah. This show, this show I don't think it's going to be a flop. Like I have so lo- loved the journey here that regardless of whether the ending disappoints me or not, it's great. But it has the potential to be a masterpiece. I've never seen a show that says, "Oh yeah, we've had this plan out from the beginning."
1: Actually, pan out right, um, and it mean literally what they say. Mm-hmm. Like I think Babylon Five is often told in like terms of like that's okay. that they pretty much did that. Uh, but but Breaking Bad didn't. Like he knew where yeah. he wanted to end, but how they got there was completely they made it up season to season. Yeah, Westworld full of shit if they're saying that they intended anything to be the way it is I mean that, the jury's still out on that but there's a lot of things where they say that but like man when you look at all of the easter eggs that he put in season one that you wouldn't understand until like the very end of season four I'm starting yeah. to think this crazy asshole did everything intentionally and had it all mapped out as crazy as it sounds shh, shh. you're getting me hyped yeah you, I know I, you
0: can't do this to me man
1: I know it's all gonna be a dream I Ellie's gonna be I holding be the snow globe with the all all safe office at the end, uh-huh. yep. it's gonna be Gideon. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, he's gonna find uh, out what is
1: in his mom's safe deposit box. Is gonna
0: be a snow globe. Oh fuck! <laughs> with his apartment building in it. So I guess let's talk about the scene. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but Elliot wakes up in his apartment at eleven sixteen. Oh, wait, wait.
1: Before that, the last crucial thing we need to talk about is Elliot finds a way to love himself. Him and Mr. Robot say they love each other before okay. the end. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's also crucial. Like, that might also be information that is different about Elliot this time that could be yeah. beneficial, that, did, that he's found
0: a way to love himself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what, if if that is, in fact, you know, the, the double Elliot thing, if one of those Elliot's is, in fact, our Elliot mm-hmm. in that parallel universe, if any of this stuff will carry over, right? Will his experiences from whatever we want to call our... I have a suggestion
1: Dimension. because what it looks like the dominant way to refer to this in the, in the last 24 to 48 hours on Reddit is to refer to R. Elliot as Elliot and R. Edward as Edward uh, and R. Tyrell as Tyrell and this world as Feliot, Fedward, and Tyrell.
0: I'm going to throw a fucking monkey wrench into this. Oh, later. yeah?
1: Later. Is there a Frank? There's a Frank. Because it's his name yeah. game rules. You just leave off the... It's his rank. Yeah, just for, any
0: F name really fucks with that, doesn't it? Frank. No, you just the name game rules. Oh, you it's, leave it off? You just leave. Just drop it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, maybe I've never played the, the name game. You haven't? You're Jin, talking Jin, about ben, Banana, Banana Fana, Fana fo, Fem, uh, sure. my Sure.
1: But you go Frank, you go, you'd be Frank, 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 Bobank, Banana Fana Fo, fo ank I think, or maybe at rank Full rank? It. Yeah. Faux
0: rank. Me okay. my Mo Rank. That's that's an alternate universe I don't want to get into. <laughs> uh yes. So Elliot wakes up in his apartment at it is eleven sixteen on May 9th. Uh he's entirely different. He's happy. Uh, yep. he gets ready for the day, but there's a small earthquake and he gets a call from Angela. Did uh, you catch the
1: magnitude on the Richter scale? Five point nine, I know. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> I mean, how many of these references do we need? Wasn't, the, wasn't there wasn't there a clock
1: reference to uh, the the 11 uh, uh, uh-huh. 18 or 15 Yeah, 16. So,
0: so people were pointing out that if you take the time 1116 on a clock uh-huh. and you flip it or essentially just rotate it around 180 degrees uh-huh. it's five nine the the hands point change from 11.16 to five. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. I I don't know what it means. And at one point (laughs) Elliot's standing under a clock with 11.16 on it as he's walking into the power plant. Mm. So many references. And at this point I'm just like, yes, we know. There's something with 11.16. There's something with 5.9. It's
1: 5.9 significant in the E Society and uh, 11.16 is significant on the F Society. Could be.
0: they're, they're they're, They're the upside down. Yeah, Stranger, the Stranger Things, Things theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets ready for the day. He's he's weird. He gets a call from Angela. Uh, he's they're getting married. He's got a good relationship with his father. Angela says he seems a little different. Uh, he calls his dad at the computer repair shop, and they've been planning a surprise for Angela. And Ellie goes to work at All Safe, where we find everything is turned upside down except for the rock, the constant, the thing that brings you out of your illusion. Ollie's still a douchebag. Ollie's still a massive douche. Yep. Uh, he, he picks up right where he left off there. And Elliot sees the White Rose is living openly as a woman and is a philanthropist and everything seems good there. Elliot's the CEO of Allsafe. He makes a business pitch to Tyrell who tells Elliot, look, I, I think this is this is great, but it could be awful if we play it wrong. That could destroy everything, this fragile ecosystem like you said. Uh, Elliot says, look, I've seen what can happen to F Corp, and that I can prevent it, and we're we're left wondering. You know, and I got excited for a minute, like, oh my god, does he it? knows? But no, it's just a it's just a pitch. Yeah, they've run the scenarios. Yeah, uh, and they close this deal, and then Elliot's dad congratulates him in a bar and gives him a surprise gift for Angela. This this is a book. Uh, her mom's not answering her phone, and he forgot his wallet. Uh, Elliot leaves flowers for Angela at her apartment, and they chat on the phone, and. It seems like Elliot's super happy in this life until he arrives home, his apartment, and sees his darker half,
1: Elliot. Elliot. If Elliot sees Elliot. End of episode. Um, so a lot to cover there. Uh, <laughs> they revealed that this is like a twenty-minute scene. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many things that they revealed. They reveal that like Darlene in this reality apparently doesn't exist. Yeah. Now, some have speculated that Darlene told a story of her running away or being abducted by a crazy lady. Do you remember this? So she uh-huh. told the story about being abducted, and her parents eventually found her. Yep. Um, but she was kind of hoping not to be found because you know she felt she kind of felt special. And this tied into this this book that Elliot was giving to Darlene this first, or I'm sorry, Angela this first uh, huh. edition of. Uh, and we've we've this is like this keeps coming up every fucking season that from the mixed up files of Miss uh, Basil Frankweiler uh, by E.L. Konigs- Konigsberg. Sure. Um, I have read this book back in elementary school, or more, uh, but our teacher read it to us, and it's about two kids, a brother and sister, that run away and stay in a museum, the Metropolitan Museum, and this ties into Mr. Robot in various ways. Number one, a lot of characters are seen reading in the background. Mr. Robot is seen reading in the background. Angela talks about this being the inspiration for her and Elliot running away to what's uh what, what the queen's museum yeah which, yeah um that, that that served as their their um kind of like the, the reason they did that and the the core of the book is these kids find out about this mysterious donation of a statue of an angel to a museum that people think might be from michelangelo uh, michelangelo michelob angelo uh and they, the kids like, you know, research it and they find out it was donated uh, or is, is bought by a, at some old lady's auction for like 250 bucks. And they go find her and it turns out that she, if she challenges them to find the mystery, the, the solution to the mystery and her mixed up files, and they do it within an hour, then uh, they'll win something. And they do and they find out that she secretly donates, she has arranged to have this priceless statue uh, given to the Met. As a way to kind of support them without being and she kind of just wanted like a secret to have in her whole life, and uh she was so impressed by the children's story of running away and their perseverance and figuring this out that
0: she puts them in her will, okay, so they get the statue what do they get?
1: They, well, no. So they, the, that's the thing is like there is no material reward for the kids other than the, I guess this rich lady will bequeath them her fortune under on their death. Okay. But it's, it's the museum name. now knows that they have a priceless statue instead of a two hundred fifty dollar pile of crap. Yes, I guess. Hmm. Um, I don't know. The thing is like I felt, when I was reading the synopsis of the plot, I'm like, just a lot of like the, the stuff that clearly if I read the book, it probably makes sense. Or I don't know, it's a kids' book too. Um. So what? the hell why bring it why why <laughs> bring it back up here i mean i like i yeah. got the references to the children and the brothers and sisters and running away and hiding in the museum and all that i mean he and angela
0: also kind of yeah they wanted to run away um well there's it also it's, I, it's about
1: an angel and we've already made the like angela angel connection mm-hmm. um but yeah so I like if if so if, if we probably understand it, like that's a really a parable about darlene and Elliot and Angela is the angel that they're kind of the mystery that they're trying to jointly figure out. That's something. Um, if also uh, that Darlene would, got abducted by that kind of eccentric lady, which is kind of the you know Miss Basil Frank Weiler um, yeah. of the story. Um, that maybe that's the, that it's not that Elliot's only child that she just their the, the, her sister his sister went missing, mm-hmm. but like. That didn't make sense to me because, like, why would Angela tell? Like, like like if I knew you well enough to know you had a brother that got abducted when you were like nine years old, yeah,
0: I wouldn't ever refer to you as an only child. That would be which implies that she doesn't know, or maybe which implies that either Elliot hasn't told her, which I don't think is true in that version of the world. So it implies that Elliot doesn't know. Which implies that if he does have a sister, his parents never told him, but he's the older brother, so I would think he yeah. would remember yeah. having a younger sister. Yeah, and Darlene's
1: pretty young, but I still think you would remember having a sister. Yeah. But uh so yeah, that's that's everything I know about the story. And I don't think there's a really a, a popular theory about how it fits in or how it has predictive value for what's to come.
0: No, I was sort of disappointed when I looked into Tolstoy's uh Resurrection as well, mm-hmm. because that was the book that was sitting on uh Elliot's desk in the interview room and we've seen Mr. Robart reading it before and mm-hmm. the only real tie in seems to be the title. It's about the the injustice of man made laws and like Somebody a Tolstoy who, book somebody robot? trying to write a wrong, which I guess broadly mm-hmm. thematically that plays into Mr. robot, but like specifically mm. i I wasn't seeing the connection uh
1: so the other so the other mystery that we have is that um his his father Fedward, is missing his phone uh Elliot misses uh-huh. his wallet um and Elliot Elliot misses his wallet okay. and uh, angela's parents. <laughs> Uh, were staying at their house and uh, apparently Elliot, our Elliot, visited Angela's house to, to get something out of there because he picked up the phone, heard Elliot on the phone, dropped the glass he was holding or whatever, shattered it and cut his hand maybe. Okay.
0: What is Angela's father's name in this universe? I, phony. No, no, no. We know what it is in the other universe. What is it? Who's Angela's father? Uh, oh shit! Yeah, you're right. How do, how do you modify f- Philip? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. You're right. I'm confused. It's Philip,
1: but it's spelled with a F instead right. of Ph. So f- it's, Philip with the hard F. The Philip. It's Philip. Philip. Yeah, you don't want to. You want to soften it with that Ph. You want a hard. Right. Philip. Uh, sorry, I
0: totally derailed you with my (laughs) stupid joke.
1: No, that's, that's entirely appropriate. The name game breaks down. You found, you found Found the exact place where it it sunk under its own weight. Yeah. White Rose Utopia doesn't work. Um, yeah. So, so what, what, so I, like, is there any other possibilities except for R. Elliot doing some kind of identity hack on Feliot or some kind of... I, like, I, I I'm, a, I'm guessing the R. Elliot is the one that stole the wallet, stole the phone, and oh, okay. cased Angela's joint. Because
0: right. um, I
1: was going, if like he went to Angela's house first, because that's like, if you found yourself in a different dimension, maybe he goes to his apartment mm-hmm. and you know uh, sees that it's like completely different or whatever, then he goes to Angela's apartment, and then he starts putting two and two together, and then he goes to his dad's old shop location. But like I think the way the timing works out is... He kind of hit his dad first, hmm. then Angela's, then then he lifted his own wallet. But to what end? I don't know. Like, what is he yeah. trying
0: to prove? What's he trying to... I don't know. Also, if you look at the screen uh, that that is up when uh, Feliot meets Elliot mm-hmm. at the very end, mm-hmm. uh, there seems to be a F Society mask on the screen. Mm. There's Elliot in a hoodie on the screen. Mm-hmm all things that are remnants of the, the Elliot universe. We know there was a theory that got debunked pretty quickly. Um, that I guess
1: Elliot had a similar model cell phone in the first season, like an iPhone that had a crack screen and people were wondering if it was the exact same phone, but I guess it's not the same model and the crack pattern is different too. So someone is like, Oh, this is the thing that survives the dimensional trips or whatever. Phones. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the phones, man. Only iPhones though. Only yeah. iPhones.
0: If you don't have an iPhone, it's not going to survive a dimensional trip.
1: But that's the thing, Elliot's now an Android man, so he's fucked. That's
0: true. Should have kept. Yeah. Should have kept the Android contract through season <laughs> one, man. Uh, okay, let me throw the monkey wrench. I, I mentioned the monkey wrench earlier. Oh. Uh, I want to throw it now because I think I have an idea that sort of piggybacks on the the theory that this is all in Elliot's head. Okay. And that these are. Feliot and Elliot are two are perhaps the second and third or first and third or first and second who the fuck knows the altars Mm -hmm. If you remember back to I think it's episode nine of this season Mm -hmm. um, The opening is uh, Mr. Robot going to visit uh, His wife and young Elliot in uh, Magda and and Young Elliot in that boardroom, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk about like, oh, when are we going to tell Elliot? When are we when are we going to tell him? Um, we should have told him already. Young Elliot wants to tell him. Mister yeah. Roth says not ready, not ready. Right. Uh, and and they eventually land on like, I'm going to show him what he did in mm-hmm. order to sort of make make all of this make sense to him. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm thinking. I think that when they're talking about an Elliot there. They're talking about Feliot. And that Elliot is actually the third here. Uh, and that Feliot... Did, sort of the antithesis of what we thought, that there's an angry Elliot that lashes out at people, right? He's and got a normal Elliot inside. Crazy him. things, right. He's got this normal Elliot, and telling him what he did is telling him about the 5-9 hack. That you, you are... Because he's got missing time there. I, I, I'm i trying to... I'm just trying to connect the dots on like who they could be talking about and how that switcheroo... Could be, like, mind-blowing. So this is the world you could have had, but you threw it away because... It doesn't track us. Yeah,
1: like, what's what? What's the, the the answer there? Like, hey, you shouldn't have rocked a boat because, like, look at... Like, he's essentially got Gideon's life, right? And, you know, Gideon mm-hmm. died as a result. Like, like, look at all these nice middle-class people that got hurt because you tried to strike a blow against the, the, the 1% of the 1%. That's kind of a disheartening
0: moral well, and they also say that like oh he hasn't woken up but we've been with elliot the entire series elliot's been awake the whole series yeah it's, it's the third that has not woken up right yes. And so the thirds that we've seen we've seen a potential angry elliot uh-huh. we've seen definitely this alternate universe elliot felliot mm-hmm. um who seems to be happy and well adjusted and i feel like Showing him what he did could only really apply to someone who hasn't done things that are worse, right? Or hasn't done those things himself. And I, but what is the end game? I, there? I don't think you show angry Elliot what mm-hmm. Elliot has done, mm-hmm. um, and it, it makes a difference to him. And I think Elliot knows what an angry Elliot would have done if he mm-hmm. did the five nine hack. Like that's mm-hmm. not a surprise to him, but it would be to Feliot.
1: Yeah, and there's also this weird reversal where like it feels like Elliot and Tyrell switch places emotionally and tonally, if not like position wise. Because you know, Tyrell's still okay. the place where Tyrell's at. Well, I guess he's now the CEO, isn't he? Of E Corp, yeah. Of F Corp. Oh sorry, F Corp, yes. Um and, and he's, it's Phyrel. And he's the CEO of All 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 Safe. Uh huh. Yeah, I just like so I think you're right. There's something to that. This is something that Mr. Robot is doing to try to get a reaction out of one or more Elliot personas. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the end game is
0: because and, I, and like, is it coming too late? Like, right? Are like, they gonna die here and nuclear meltdown? Yeah. And this is just well, Mr. Robot saying, "Okay, now's the time." Well, someone also pointed out that there like. A more time. To what extent does
1: Mr. Robot get to control the things that the Elliot sees and experiences? Yeah. Because he's the one that opens the door and says, oh, my God, everything's in a f- fire in here, and then shuts the door. Uh-huh. Like, there's one of the theories that, like, kind of is along the lines of this is uh, almost like a ghost of Christmas future. Like, Mr. Robot guiding Elliot through, like, look how bad you'll fuck up the life of everyone. Sure. Um, is that he he's putting, this isn't a false, but I don't know, man, because White Rose shot herself in the head. Mm-hmm. There's bodies all over Washington like there's there's a limit to how much this can be in his head. It seems to me like I guess that's the that's the one danger I have on the show. It's like it'll be so much in its its head that like almost all of the emotional and character journey that we've been on is going to be seen as kind of a moot point or gets reset. and I don't know that can be satisfying too like like i, I used a memento movie example of like that's a guy yeah. where you know the character itself literally didn't make any progress. But that's kind of the point like the world fulcrumed around him or something. I don't know. It's a weird not happy ending happy ending
0: yeah no, it's it's interesting. I guess I guess the the question then that I have sort of following on to the Idea that this would all be in Elliot's head Mm -hmm. and it's not an alternate dimension is Did White Rose just actually kill herself? Because like I don't recall her ever having to kill herself to show Angela what she did but because Angela was to, buying in. We never got
1: the full pitch from Angela. We saw the beginning right. of like her sitting down and taking the pitch seriously. And the next thing we saw her uh, you know, she was she was back in her home and like the time skipped. There's also but a lot she also of-
0: took the bait. Like she took the bait of her mother or sorry, her father coming back. No, her her mother coming back. Uh How she about- took that bait and she was all in and she wanted to see what White Rose right. had to offer. Whereas Elliot very much doesn't.
1: But I'm thinking like that's if 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 that was the thing that seals the deal for everyone. But I don't know cuz there's also after Angel became a true believer, she has this um meeting with um uh uh the 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 car salesman, Irving. Irving, yeah. Where she asked him, "Have you seen White Rose's project and does it work?" And he says, "Yes, I've seen it." And she says, "Does it work?" And he goes, "Uh, you know, technology, the advancements people make, anything's possible." Which is a great non-answer answer. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you've seen it, motherfucker. Is it
0: possible or not? Um, and I guess if Angela had seen it at that point, why would she ask
1: that? Right. But so and if, like, White Rose had shot herself in the head and then presumably been back later, why would she say? so? Like, but
0: she immediately comes, she immediately after whatever White Rose shows her yeah. in whatever fashion she shows it to her, goes to her lawyer and says, call off this this lawsuit that we've yep. got going on. Yeah. So she was convinced of whatever it was yeah, and been in no, there
1: the next two episodes got to be a hell of a two hours of television because (laughs) all this stuff
0: is going to sift into one column or another. So we don't have long to wait. Yeah. Uh, that's about all I got. I really don't have a good answer as no. to what next i don't think two anyone there's be. not
1: like a runaway pet theory that everyone's got yeah. like there's se- several different flavors like i think we've outlined the three different ways it can be it's all in the head it's a simulation or it's an alternate d- dimension
0: or there's a fourth truly explosive outcome that we haven't even Begun to ponder yeah. that Sam mail has been had in his back pocket the because all the
1: time. all the looping and stuff is essentially variations of those right. main themes. Like you know, is yeah. it time travel? Is it a dimensional loop? Is it you know uh, a intrusive memory loop. he's stuck in? Like they're mm-hmm. all similar mechanics with like
0: different like underlying causes. So, and my feeling going into the final episode is I'm kind of open to whatever this show is going to do as long as it does it well and as long as it can convince me that. The time has been worth it, mm-hmm. and and I think it doesn't have very far to run with that baton, mm-hmm. because my time has very much felt worth it throughout the series. Uh,
1: you were critical of some of the pop choices they made in last week's episode. What do you think of this episode score? Better, better. Yeah. Uh, consciously, a lot more like wall to wall licensed music, though. Like it is yeah. much more noticeable than it's been. Like I feel like it's not that Mr. Robot never uses noticeable licensed music, but it's mm-hmm. like once an episode or so. Um, this was like I felt like thirty percent of it was scored by some kind of pop tune or,
0: yeah, the tone Beach Boy throwback didn't really feel as off to me. Like I guess, it, uh, it, okay. So here's the thing: I was unsettled in both of these episodes, but I was mm. unsettled in a way that felt inauthentic with the Darlene Dom stuff because sure. I did not believe Irving when he says everything is happy and and Dark Army doesn't care about you and everything's fine and you you've got to happily ever after here. I just fundamentally didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Here, I, I'm I'm not stuck in that. the 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 scene that unsettled me is White Rose and or or, or sorry, White Rose is like whatever she showed Elliot this alternate dimension. I felt very side, kind of untethered during this whole thing. Like, what what am I seeing? It felt it felt incongruous with everything I knew, but it wasn't like. Oh, that music just didn't fit the tone of Mr. Robot mm-hmm. as I know it, or like, it just it, it was giving the music wasn't giving me false notes here. It was just the music was a piece of what they were doing, mm-hmm. uh, in those weird scenes, as opposed to one where I was supposed to, I guess, take it on face value. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't have a problem with it this time. All right. That OK Go song, that's that's kind of a banger, anyway.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, all of the songs I thought were catchy or thematically appropriate. Yeah. Um. But then I didn't have as big a Carly Ray, uh, <laughs> Carly Ray uh, meltdown as you did last week. Sure. Are we ready to get the feedback, man? Let's do it. All right. Uh, you can send feedback to Robot at Bald Move. Reminder: Next week it's Christmas. We are not coming on the twenty fifth to to wrap up, Mister Robot. We will be coming in on the following Monday. Yeah. Uh, to To wrap up the two episode extravaganza, and also consider extra long feedback, whatever we need to do, because it'll be the series wrap up mm-hmm. of Mister Robot. Um, yeah, that's it. Might be a seven hour podcast. I, I don't know. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, what we've been averaging long podcast of late. So uh, let's move on to robotaballmove dot so where we want to send the feedback. Let's move to Dan from Connecticut. Last week, Mr. Robot invented a non-existent rest stop in a fictional dam in Hamden, Connecticut. It might be a reference to the most significant dam in Hamden, Connecticut at the former Eli Whitney uh, gun factory site. Whitney was an inventor responsible for two paradigm shifts in American society, the cotton gin that changed the national economy so dramatically it fractured a country, because uh, that's what I think uh, like, uh, slavery was on its way out, and suddenly that made it profitable again, hmm. and the idea of interchangeable components and in manufactured goods. The site is now home to the Whitney Water Purification Facility and Park, among other things. The landmark building has attracted national attention, both for the striking appearance and the underlying technology. While it's unlikely that s was referencing the current treatment facility, I think the Hamden rest stop is a small homage to Eli Whitney. The Hamden connections are deeper than just the allusions to Whitney. The creator of ALF, Mr. Paul Fusco, was also born in New Haven, Connecticut, and reportedly developed ALF while working in Hamden. Um, our first robot, uh, road trip featured Alf and our two visits, our second visits are his birthplace. All right. I, like I said, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that has any kind of predictive power or like, uh, why he would want to hint that I, I can see definitely the Eli Whitney, you know, like being a huge part of like the industrial revolution and also inadvertently uh, prolonging the, the horrors of slavery mm-hmm. as something that S would like to play with. But beyond that, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Armando, since day one white Rose slash the dark army has been a troublesome partner and existential threat to Elliot and everything and everyone he cares about. Also since day one, everyone's known that the Washington township project was her, Reason deter, 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 deter how do you say that? A, a reason for being. <laughs> okay. That's how you say it. Let's say that. Also since also since day one, everyone's known that the Washington Township project was her reason for being, for which no number of dollars or lives were too much to pay. How is it possible that E Dog knows minutia about his therapist's sex life and simultaneously have zero knowledge of or curiosity about White Rose's elephant in the white township living room? If only to have leverage on her, you'd think he'd want to know something. He knows they killed Angela, Cisco, Trenton, Mobley, and have long been wanting to kill him and Darlene. A little research on what she seems up to is way, way, way in order. Folks have told me in response, well, Elliot just doesn't know what the project is. Bullshit. He's supposed to help with the Congo move. How is he going to help to do that with zero details? I smell a big reveal or massive plot hole. My hope is that the third altar is down and deep with White Rose's machine somehow and has kept it secret from both Elliot and Mr. Robot. If the reason that he's dealing with it now is because he just found out Angela wanted him to, or is it the last thing on his to-do list, I'm punching
0: Esmail in the nuts. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean... You're not wrong. I don't see how you move an entire project not knowing the scope of yeah, the project.
1: Especially since like your whole character arc has been one succession of well meaning fuck ups that have caused more misery and death than you were trying to prevent after another. Mm-hmm. So it did seem weird to me that he gets a thumb drive with a couple PDFs on the inner workings of a nuclear plant and he's like, Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta do this. But I was also I felt like the episode did a pretty good job to have part of Elliot raise that concern too. Like, when is it, you know, when is it ever going to be enough? Like Mm -hmm. you say, it's this power plant, but then what are you going to find out when there's a B site in the Congo? And where are you going to find out when they're making dinosaurs on a Costa Rican Island? Mm -hmm. And then what are you going to do? I I guess like the show itself is kind of criticizing Elliot for like never knowing when to stop
0: with his fucking around. It is. I I I guess I understood that to be a like the the emailer to be questioning how Elliot could get these things done and still remain in a state where he knew nothing of the project's nature hmm. and that he would have to be shown. That's what yeah, no, what what she's talking about. So yeah. like I I I come down on yeah, I agree with the the emailer there.
1: Do you think that it's something that they kept hidden from him, in much the same way that part of him filtered out of the bodies and bloody mayhem that he walked through, like it keeping focused his eyes on the prize. Could be, but why? What what part of Elliot? Like
0: I still don't understand. I still don't quite understand Elliot's value. To White Rose overall, and why she's kept him alive so long. She reiterated their importance um, and their like joinness of the time in their time stream. B- but why? But what yeah. is the connection? What is it? Like I understand. Okay, it's maybe okay. this moment. It's maybe.
1: So. I saw a pretty interesting theory pointing out that like everyone that gets into the F society or the F Corp world. Kills the or dies, has to die to get there. Okay. And that we know uh, White Rose asserted that Edward Alderson was a volunteer subject for her, w- one of the initial volunteer subjects for her program. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a father who is racked from guilt because he's preyed on his child would want to wake up in a world where he was free of this compulsion or whatever to deal it. And like that, that would lead him to volunteer to, to, to die and go to this better world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is there anything there that's germane to this that like,
0: uh, probably, but, but I mean, I've known that there, there is something for a very long mm-hmm. time. I just don't know what the thing is. It's like, Elliot's uh, relationship with her project. He knows there's some project. He just doesn't know what it is.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, but that that would be, I guess,
1: why she feels connected to Elliot. Like mm-hmm. the, his father might be the first volunteer subject and now the son is and here And she says playing. the same to Angela. Like, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, why yeah.
0: you're still alive. Like, the, uh-huh. the, I predicted you'd be dead. Things are swirling around your life and my life and they're connected. Yeah. Which yeah, kind of leans you toward like Washington Township is important to Elliot because I,
1: I don't think because like, like I don't think that she maneuvered events where Elliot was important to her. I think Elliot mm-hmm. happened to be in her path and she found that fascinating. Yeah, because of the connection to her father. I guess that's where I was going with the, you know, the dad being a volunteer guinea pig for that. Okay. Um, all right, Scott from Chicago, did you guys catch the Elliot White Rose Washington Township scene ended with the screen fading to orange? Perhaps a. Ode to Stanley Kubrick's *A Clockwork Orange*.
0: Mm, that I thought pretty, it was
1: red. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's looking pretty red. Unless this 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 uh, windscreen on my mic is orange, in which case,
0: my whole life has been a lie. I mean, you got you got so much red, black, and white in *Mr. Robot*. It's yeah. kind of the the colors of *Mr. Robot*.
1: Um, I do think that like it faded to red, but then his apartment looked very orangey. In the early goings, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's not above biting on Kubrick, clearly, yeah. but I don't think that was an instance of it. Scott, uh he continues, also, when Elliot ta- walked into the Washington Township Plant's office, it appeared the hallway scenes that the rooms were numbered into 400s. Could this mean anything in terms of the 400 error codes? Hmm. Could be something to explore. Um, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it, uh, I could see that being something that Esmail is uh, playing with. Also, I noticed that when the new e- uh, Elliot walked into F-Corp, there was a vase of white roses on the reception desk. Is this a sign that she's still in charge? I, I think it's clear that like, whether she's evil or virtuous, as the richest woman in the earth, world, she is still some, somewhat behind the scenes pulling the strings of F-Corp. Sure. Seems to me. Uh also any chance that an unknown customer walked into Mr. Aldern's shop and left was Vera nah, I think uh, it's it's
0: uh R. Elliot. Not Feliot, but Elliot. People are uh saying they can't wait until we see uh Mayor Vera uh running articles the in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty funny. Back well, to the I mean he image. died,
1: he he crossed the threshold, so True. Very true. It might might be. The machine Get, was on then. The what? The 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 machine's been on this whole time. This whole time. There also it's, um, so what do you make of the connection between the earthquakes and the headaches and the power surges? Because we know that this machine requires a lot of power. And whenever Angela experienced like time distortions, there was always like a brown localized brownout. Mm -hmm. That has to be a connection too. I agree. Yeah. Don't know what what it means. Yeah. um, Gabe D. I heard you mention that Sam Asmull said that this two-part series finale is essentially where the original film screenplay would have taken us had that iteration been made. That said, it would also make sense that there being two Eliots would be inherent to its conventional endgame. As you've mentioned before, Rami has an identical twin brother named Sammy. <laughs> Was casting someone with an identical twin part of the plan from the jump? Oh boy! It seems like way more than a happy accident that this is where the story has taken us. Um, I don't know because there's been so much just jaw dropping twin work yeah. on like Fargo season three, all of the Deuce, yeah. like some of the shit they got up to with um, the the Frankie and Vinny, and uh, on season three the Deuce was incredible. Yeah. like smashing cake in each other's faces, hugging. It's, it's it's I mean it's gone a long ways from you know cheating cheating mirrored halves of cameras and stuff. Oh yeah. So I, I don't, I, I, so what do you think? Do you think it's plausible that they would hire an actor that has a identical
0: twin or they would just use special effects? Uh, I mean, they certainly could use special effects, but I feel like if they ever thought about it, it was probably in terms of like, all oh, this will really fuck with the audience mm. when they discover this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see Sammy. This is Sammy Malik. Plus,
1: Sammy's like, like I said, I've noticed that he's like a little uh, thicker. Not, I'm not saying he's fat. I mean, he's just like a little bit fuller in the face, yeah. a little bit uh, maybe beefier in a,
0: of a build. And I, mean, I think it'd it's... be noticeable side by side. It would be noticeable, yeah, more so than the CG work they could do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Tom, the
1: therapist from Atlanta, stopping by again, and uh, you know he'd previously praised what he thought the psychological realism of some of the sequences in this season um but he says he's writing to say to elliot's epic telling off of white rose felt somewhat flat for him hmm. says elliot's magnum opus amounts of this there are people who will continue to love you even though you hurt them and push them away and punish them for loving you that's why the worth is world is worth saving that's true and there's a name for it it's called hmm let me think here i had it hmm oh yes right codependency you're going to try and save the world of the pro codependency argument and that the people that are codependent and put up with you, punishing them, are worth saving, but everyone else can go fuck themselves. Not today, Elliot. I ain't buying it. And I think a show that seemingly was hmm. so good at telling stories about addiction and psychology should know the dangers of praising and enabling behaviors and potentially shaming boundary-setting behaviors with people who are hurting you.
0: Man, that's not what I got from that. I Me got either. a a feeling of generosity, a feeling of yeah. love, a feeling of of empathy and caring. Yeah, it's kind of like opposed um, to a a parasitic relationship
1: yeah like uh i think there's a way to have love for uh like like in the i'm thinking the arc of the bubbles went on in the wire where like you know mm-hmm. when he's such a such a invertebrate heroin addict that he like steals from everyone And in fact when he's uh, like at a rock bottom he goes to stay with, wants to stay with his sister and she refuses because the last few times she's allowed him to do so he's uh uh, stolen from her yeah. so she find after he gets him his act cleaned up to a certain extent she agrees to let him stay in her basement but she locks the top door so he can't get access to the rest of her house and the final scene of the series is bubbles walking up that door and open going through that open door because she had he has demonstrated enough trust that you know she's she's built that back up and allowed her back in her life and i think what they're going at is not that, like, Darlene just puts up with anything that Elliot does. Like, it seems like she does hold him accountable and she mm-hmm. does make him apologize and he has to make amends. It's more of like, you know, you always have to leave that door somewhat cracked. Maybe you can lock it for a time, but if a person makes sincere changes and you love them unconditionally, then I guess you should always be rooting for them and be ready to take them back when they start making those positive changes.
0: Yeah, and they're, they're espousing two sort of competing worldviews, the the mm-hmm. cynical one and the more empathetic and, uh, I don't know, upbeat one. Because, uh, you know, that person could, in a less caring world, just sort of write you off. Right. And I think that's what so many people have done to Elliot, right? They've either abused him, sure. they've written him off, they want nothing to do with him. He's not worth the effort. And and, I think and, and- the difference between those people and Darlene is she cares. And you can't
1: love or care for anyone if you don't love and care for yourself. And like this, you know, if nothing else, Elliot at this point in the story has learned to accept at least a large, some part of himself. He's yeah. lo- he's learned to love the Mister Robot part of him, and the Mister Robot part of him has learned to live through the him. love that other people showed to him. He right. wouldn't have been able to do it without that, right? Um, and like Darlene said, like you're not so bad once you stop being an asshole. So like, mm-hmm. there's the uh, recognition that like it's he's made some he's made some strides too. Right. So uh that's how way I see it anyway uh last up is mask and his his being an
0: asshole was a reaction to the way he had been treated by people sure no I mean he's like got everything s- down to like his his psyche fracturing yeah. into these multiple personalities because of the trauma he experienced yeah, these are all adaptive things hands he, of he learned as a child to protect people. himself
1: from trauma like yeah. from the multiple personalities to the disassociation to you know, the compartmentalization he does mentally and emotionally, it's it's all stuff that uh, you know, he he had to come up with just to survive. So uh anyway, Mask has the last email saying I loved how they used every music track just perfectly. Agreed. If people weren't sure about Rami's talent before, oh my god, that monologue. Wow. Uh Did Rami get anything on the the Golden Globes yeah, or he got they-
0: nominated for best
1: actor in a drama okay cool but the show itself did not nothing
0: okay well uh you know. no supporting actors no nothing I think. I, that's the other thing is like man B.D. wong i know Phenomenal. not even get
1: a nomination
0: mm. mm-hmm. yeah i think darlene uh carly shaken's been doing some great yeah. work uh, i mean
1: there's a lot of great television there's a lot of great work being done all yes, around it's, it's true but still award shows they suck right they do uh, the most beautiful thing is how Esmail changed the framing, colors, character interactions in a new world. Instead of what we already know from him a weird framing to dark tones, it's really refreshing to see how I was telling a story from a cinematography standpoint. I thought it was interesting. Um, when I got to Zima, I actually watched a lot of the first episode while I was taking my notes to see. It's Sam Raimi, it's not like 99 percent of the time he uses the extreme angles and shots and stuff. It's because like a lot of times when you have a conversation, it's pretty traditional A B A B kind of like footage. Um, but what definitely has changed in the F society or the E society F Corp world is that they've removed the matrix kind of blue green filter and everything has got a much warmer palette.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And they were there's people modern. and I I didn't confirm this, but people are pointing out that there was points where. Like when he was digging the glass out of the trash, and maybe the filter was back in place, and maybe that's trying to tell you something about
0: the nature of the reality. And I mean, there were a lot of more obvious moments. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah, like I mean, when the E, the e Corp right, switches e's to flashing F corp. Yeah. for F's and like yeah. just yeah, the incongruities in the whole right situation. Uh, And that's where we're going to leave you
1: until after Christmas. Again, we'll be back, not next week, but the following week on Monday to record the episode for the final two episodes, which are going to air as a single block this Sunday. Uh, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks of it. It's going to be interesting to see all these Schrodinger theories collapse into a bunch of boxes of dead cats and one live one. (laughs) And hopefully it's the prettiest, cutest of the litter. We'll see because it would be amazing for yeah it's it's, it'd be qualifying something i've never seen before a show this meticulously plotted apparently from the beginning sticking the landing and being very satisfying that Mm. would be amazing and i'm rooting for it same here so robot at bulbmove.com. when you got your hot takes you want to send them in to us we'll see you after christmas until then merry christmas happy holidays uh talk to you next week after next bye (laughs)